uh, once again, we gather around the old first tee. <laughs> As we're all warmed up now, Tim and I have been to the uh, Swing Thoughts range. We've had a, a chance to talk to one another. We did some vocal stretching. We've had a couple of minutes of conversation. We're not. We, I just want people to know, Timmy, we don't come to this cold, okay? We do our work. We put the work in, and we're ready to tee off. Did you do your lip exercises this morning? Oh, yeah. Uh, as we uh, come to the first tee, on the first tee, would you welcome the host of the Humble and Fred Show? Uh, for many years, uh, golf spiritual leader, golf spiritual leader, uh, along with the, uh, the fine uh, golf mental performance coach, and uh, lovely, lovely man. Please say hello to Timothy O'Connor Jr. Speaking of, Thank ju- you. Hey, hey man, hey man, yeah, yeah, <laughs> hey man. Happy uh, end of the Trump era. You know this yeah. this uh, this old fella, this uh, white haired fella, oh, uh, oh Biden. Oh yeah, that guy. He um, just an interesting thing when he was introduced the other day as Joseph Robinet. Biden Jr. I was like, Robin it? Is this guy from the Civil <laughs> from the Civil fucking War? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> well, I say, I say, Private Robin it. I'm going to need you to go to the front. Robin it? Who's, when's the last time somebody named their kid Robin it? Anyway, that's all I have to, that's I all know. I have to say. That's my joke. That's my big opening joke. Hey, my thing is that, hey, <sighs> Irish Catholic lineage, you know. So I'm wondering where does guilt kind of going to intersect with the, being the president? Don't know. It's always a big question for us Catholics. You know, this is. You just reminded me of an interesting fact about the 46 presidents of the United States. Only two of them, that's right, have been Catholic. Mm-hmm. Only two. I don't want to get into the deep state right now, Tim. Uh, this program is, as always, brought to you by uh, TaylorMade. Uh, some good conversations going on behind the scenes of the uh, Swing Thoughts head office. And uh, we're looking... What's that? <laughs> the, man- That's right, the management and staff of Swing staff. Thoughts. Uh, very excited. We're going to talk a little golf with uh, some friends of the show, Ronan Quinn. Rob Somerville will be joining us a little bit later, one of our... You know, one of our new uh, commitments for this new year, we've kind of talked about maybe opening the conversation up just beyond, you know, the mental side of the game. It will still remain a deep interest for both of us. But we also want to have other conversations about golf because there's other conversations. Like what I think is interesting, Timmy, is a lot of times the show would end and then you and I would talk about what we <laughs> we would talk this is a true story, Swing Thought nerds. We would we'd yes. say goodbye, and then Tim and I would spend a half an hour talking about some uh, physical swing thing we're working on. But we didn't yeah, want to... Like, you might be present, but when my elbow falls in front of my right hip... Oh. And this happened, I think, quite recently. I took the computer up to my golf lab, and I was like, Tim and I were having a lesson together. Anyway, the point is we're going to have some other conversations, some of them about the golf swing, some of them just about golf in general. But um, to start with, we're going to talk to somebody. I believe this is his, I'm going to say third, third appearance. Third. 
He's the um, head of Synergy Golf. And uh, for the last year, for all of 2020, uh, Paul Cummings made a commitment to post a different, I think, I was going to say a golf tip, but that's not true, a different notion about the game far-reaching from the mental side to some physical stuff, but it was fascinating to follow. I, I watched it, and I saw it every day, and it was uh, very interesting to see your commitment. Welcome back to the program, Paul Cummings. Hello, sir. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Fantastic. You know, it's in, you heard our conversation there that Timmy and I want to start opening up the conversation on our show to extend to other aspects of the game, kind of like what you did on Synergy 365. So explain what the concept was, if no one's heard it before, and then talk about some of the things you talked about over those 365 days. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, it, it, it was a, just a, a, an idea that came to me the last week of, of 2019. I just wanted to post every day and make a commitment to posting every day something that would maybe help people with their golf games rather than just talk about the technicalities of, of the swing and, and how to become like the best in the world. So, uh, again, thank you for saying it was it was a delve into the other things that make the difference in golf rather than just the technicalities. So I have a list here. I wrote 55 philosophical pieces, 49 strategy pieces, 39 practice pieces, and so on and so on. But they were right. the big ones. And, again, 34 state management pieces. So... I mean, they're all available to go back and find on, on Synergy Golf 365. You can find them on Instagram. Um, and and I did it, and I'm delighted. And I, again, the funny thing was I had 366 because it was a leap year. So, um, <laughs> But the last one, I think, made the most sense. I don't know if you've got them in front of you, but you know, 366 was basically to not listen to me at all. Don't think about what I'm talking about. At some stage, it has to be yours. And, you know, I think I've got a project coming up now. I'm going to start again. And it's really more about the interaction between me and the community rather than me just telling people what to do or giving them my feedback. It has to be very personal. I think we talked about that last time we, we got together. It has to be yours. It has to be a personal journey through golf. Um, and that's where I'm going with the Synergy Golf Blueprint. So I'm, that's going to be the next one coming up. Awesome. Well, again, congratulations on A, making the commitment, and then B, seeing it through. That's huge. So I, I think that's awesome that you were able to do that. I also really resonate with what you're saying about make it your own. Because in this golf culture, if you allow yourself, you can just be inundated by kind of this tsunami of information, all this stuff. But my sense is, and I'll ask you to go deeper on this, why it's so important, you know, there is this tendency to go, oh, I need to do this, you know, match the model, et cetera. But why is it important, Paul, that we take we take some of this information and make it our own? Why is that so important? It's it's difficult to, to get into people's heads and understand that from their point of view because it it almost seems that we're golfers are being forced to get better when a lot of them don't want to, or they're not that interested in getting better. Do, do you know so what do you mean? So, I, time out, forced, what do you mean? Is it that they're hearing that you need to do this, you need to do that? What, what do you mean by forced? Yeah, I mean, if you think about, I mean, and we talked about this before, but the amount of beginners that have been out there this last year because of the COVID pandemic and, and people have been taking up golf, I think there's a, they feel there's a necessity that you have to be good at it. You know, and I think there's the whole culture around golf and, and golf instruction, of course, 
is that you have to improve. Well, I know a lot of people, and I was talking about this, and it's so interesting that we get back to this. I was thinking about this in the last couple of days. Only, do you know? I mean, do you know what the percentage of all golfers who have ever had a lesson? Would you would you know the answer to that one? Um, I'm going to say very low. That's, that's yeah. uh, I, I would. I was going to. I, you know, the when you ask the question that way, of course, the, it leads to a, an answer that would be surprising. But I think it would be surprising to guys like us how few people have had any formal training. Absolutely, it's around. It's between. I think there's different studies, but it's between three and seven percent. Seriously, yeah, wow, that it's that low. Wow. So what are the so my my challenge for us all, and especially as as a coach, Tim, you'll you'll appreciate this. How do we get the other ninety three percent? You know, what do you have to say to them to make their experience of golf more fun? And I don't think it has to be a lesson necessarily. It has to be a conversation with those guys. But so so going on to my new project, the blueprint, it's about asking them what they want. What do you really want? Because I think we we assume, and maybe we're wrong to assume, but we assume that they want to improve. They want to have a better swing. Yeah, uh, you know, I want to interject, if I may. There there is that assumption, but you know, okay. So if three to seven percent of all golfers have ever taken a formal lesson. I would ask you this question. What percentage of golfers do you two think want to improve? And I'd say it's much, much greater than that. There's a, when you said the word, uh, it's almost like we're forced to want to get better. I don't know if it's forced or a natural. There's something about the game that draws in your natural desire to improve. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I think what's happened to instruction, and we've talked about this on other shows, it. You, know, you go down these rabbit holes on YouTube, on Instagram, and all of a sudden I'm I'm on TikTok liking every single you know uh, uh, thing I see. Oh, I got to get back to that in the spring. But but I'd ask you. So your blueprint project is to find out what golfers want, and I would say what they want is to improve while slash still enjoying the game. Right. So the the blueprint idea is to go back to the post from last year, the three sixty six. And, um, and and then offer suggestions and questions to the people. So rather than just them listening to the information, reading the information, understanding it at whatever level, is to actually question them on it. What do you actually want from this post? How are you going to answer it? And I'd love people to write a journal or write a, you know, get their, their laptop open and start writing things down because I think information going one direction, that's all it is. It's just information. It's a flood of information. There's too much of it. But until you start to grasp it on your own terms and write it down in your own words, then that's where the power is, I think. And that's where the the, the interest for me is to go to that now. You know, rather than me being in charge of it, they should be in charge of it. So it's a dialogue. It's a conversation versus you, the guru, explaining to the rest of us what we should be doing. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm going to try and create a community. I mean, social media is meant to be social. It's not meant to just be a flurry of people telling you what they think. You know, it's it's meant to be a communication piece. Hopefully, that's my that's my my desire is to get into that a bit more. I think this year. Okay. Well, wow, what a radical concept! A coach who listens <laughs> instead wow. instead leans on his seminar and says, "Do this, do this." Well, what's interesting? I want to make a comment about that whole sort of culture piece, if you will. The force piece, I think what has happened when people get into golf and they start to get the real golf bug and, oh, I want to get better, 
there's just this this culture, and I'm so I'm looking at my other monitor where I'm sort of thinking YouTube is and all internet, etc. Is we've kind of taken away this idea that you could go and have fun playing golf. You could be spending time with your really good friends or with your family, and this could just be a great time outdoors, having a good time, and that really part of this game is it's all about, you know, are you getting better? How's your swing speed? Are you doing this right thing? And and people can just kind of get sucked into that. And it was Michael Hebron who made a really good um, uh, point, I remember, I think it was on our show, he said that what's happened kind of in the instructor industry, I'm using that very intentionally, industry, is you kind of like, it's all about it's all about getting better. It's all about breaking scoring barriers or lower handicap. And it's more than that. Is that is is that essentially where are we on the same page here? I think that's absolutely what what we're talking about. It's uh, it's almost the the part of golf is to get better is to look at the technical thing. It's it's a huge part of it. Can I tell you a quick story? Uh, it's a very old story. I don't know if you've heard it, but there's four guys sitting in a bar in St Andrews in the 18th century. Right, go way back. And one of them says to the other three that they've just finished a round and he says, you know, somebody asked me about how to swing the golf club and how I should get better. And everybody starts laughing. So why would they think that? You know, what's, why is that important? And then the little guy in the corner says, do you know what, guys? We could write things down and we could get money for it. The dawn of golf instruction. You know? yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, why, why, do we, why are we so fascinated? And I think the other thing I've, and you'll know this, Tim, for sure, and I'm, I guarantee you, Howard, you've had this conversation too. When you ask people what they want, they immediately come out with the raw answers. I don't want to slice it. I don't want to, you know, I want to make better contact. I want to be more consistent. And it, I almost feel that it's not their answer. It's the answer that they're expected to come up with because it's just in the culture. It's known that everybody wants to get better. You know, we have a pinnacle of golf out there, and that's the only thing we ever see is the best. And we talked about this last time. And I, I was listening to a thing about why do we have the GOAT, you know, the, the greatest of all time in all sports? Why do we have to have that? Well, you know, I mean, having a conversation in basketball and the NFL and. And those are great questions to ask. I think that's part of a larger question of why we have the best in things. But maybe going back a few steps, at least for me, there's something about the game. If you come to it as a kid, like I think, you know, it'd be safe to say the three of us all started fairly young. And then there's a there's a group of golfers. And last year proved us to be correct. A brand new group of people that are coming into the game that haven't been inoculated so to speak as kids they're just sort of thought it might be fun to get outside and enjoy themselves and and those are some of the people i think we need to caretake because they don't need to be as obsessed as the as the culture of golf would dictate they can they can find and maybe to emphasize the other parts of the game that we also love yeah, I think that's huge, and I think the uh, the idea that you would have a beginner's manual that doesn't have any technical information in it, <laughs> yeah. that would be great. Because the first thing, you know, the traditional golf coaches teach grip first, and I don't, I'll be honest with you, I don't teach grip first, because I don't think it's as, as important as people think. Now, people are going to slay me in the industry for that, I know, but it's only because they get taught that first, so they yes. think it's the most important thing. 
But the most important thing is to understand what you're doing out there. What, what, why are you even out there in a the field with a golf club in your hand? Yeah. You know, there must be a, it's a desire piece. There's something in that um, that they want to get out and enjoy. Like you said, they spend time with their family or sometimes they spend time away from their family. You know, it's, it's a decision that you make yourself. Uh, the uh, new project is called uh, Synergy Golf, the Blueprint or just the Blueprint? Yeah, just the Blueprint, I think, yeah. And uh, Paul Cummings is with us. And I should have also mentioned that you're a golf instructor. But one of the reasons that we connect, uh, you and I connected personally first, and, and why you're on the show is because you're just another person that thinks deeply about the game. Which, you know, <laughs> even having conversations like this about the game, I certainly wouldn't be talking like this about ping pong. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, you know, like I was just wrote down something like I'm, I'm 60 years old. And I rarely go to sleep thinking about anything except what my sh- right shoulder's doing on my downswing. <laughs> so, so there's something about this game that captures us. And one of the things that Tim and I love about this show is being able to kind of deconstruct the mental draw of it and how to mitigate some of the pitfalls that come with that. Mm-hmm. I think I wrote down something yesterday because I've been bouncing these ideas around about the blueprint. And I suddenly thought, you know, if people didn't have the pressure on themselves to to improve, would they not just play better? Does that make sense? So, you know, if there wasn't any structure of, oh, you have to get better in this, the handicap system and all the things that are around golf, if that didn't exist, mm-hmm. people would theoretically just go out and and hit it better because they're not under pressure to perform. Well, I can tell you something. I, I played a lot of. I'm, I'm this is. I'm using ping pong as a, as an analogy here, but I played a lot of it as a kid, and occasionally we'll play it like once every couple of years, and I almost never not have a good time playing it, no matter how I'm playing it. I never miss a shot and think, oh, I've got to go practice my cut shot over the net. I never do. I literally go and I, there's a place in Toronto called Spin and I was there about a year ago with my girlfriend and it was just hilarious because balls are flying all over the place. You know, she's having a pint. I'm having my Diet Coke. We had a riot. And as soon as the game was over, I went on with the rest of my life. <laughs> I, yeah, you didn't run to, yeah. you didn't run and book a lesson. With I didn't, the ping pong exactly. Right? I didn't go, honey, you go to the car. I'm just going to take some more shots against the wall. Hon, could you take a video of me from down the line right. and on top? And I got to put on the V one to my ping pong coach. That's right. Could you just? I need. I need to get my swing on tape. Anyway, Did I look on play. You don't lose balls in that game. Though. That's the. That's the difference. Well, the way I play, sometimes you do. But listen, Cummings, uh, we'll check in with you again. How do people follow you and and see what's going on with the blueprint? So Instagram is Synergy Golf Paul. Uh, Synergy Golf Coaching is the company. I'm on Facebook as well and Twitter and all of those fun channels. Hey, what and, are you doing? Uh, in, are you doing some stuff indoors during uh, COVID? How are you operating? I'm no, I'm officially a house husband right now. My nice. wife is frontline running a COVID center just now, so props to her. And uh, I am at home with the babies. It's my son's birthday today as well. He's four. Aww. So awesome. See, so that's, from so. COVID, that's from the COVID Silver Linings playbook. You get and, to have great great time with your son hey I, I can't let you go without asking you a key question um so so many people want to do stuff they want to lose weight go to the gym all this stuff commit to things and then and then they stop but you committed yourself to 
doing this thing every effing day. What did you learn about yourself in terms of committing, well, executing on your commitment? Um, two things. I, I, I have to tell you this. I was behind by about 10 days at one point, but nobody noticed. <laughs> Say that. So, what? Was, you, did, you, you were behind 10 days? Yeah. Because there were some days I didn't get a chance to post. I was so super busy in the summer. It was ridiculous. And yeah, I didn't of get a chance to, to get it out. And I had an idea to be ahead, and I never was. So, but I caught up sneakily because I posted twice a day sometimes and managed to get it in. But the, the, the secret to the whole thing was to make it very, very public that I was doing it. Yeah. That was the biggest success of it was like, oh, oh God, you know, now I've made this commitment online. I can't just yeah. not. I say, I've had enough. You know, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, in the middle of the summer, right? That's that, and just like, I could have just deleted my Instagram page completely. You know, but, that's funny. But you know, you know but what? Because, I I followed I you every day. I would have known Cummings. I would have gotten a hold of you. Uh, hey. You didn't spot that was behind. No, um, but no, somebody did remind me that it was three sixty six halfway through, and I was like, oh, but people are paying attention to the numbers. You know? well, that's good. But no, it was the it was the publicity part of it. It was making it very public. I think you have to tell people if you're going to make a change and then they hold you accountable. Yep. 100%. Right on, man. Well, listen, we, congratulations. Yeah, we always love chatting with you and uh, good luck with the baby. Congratulations on another uh, fine appearance and uh, thanks for uh, dropping in. We do appreciate it, man. Okay, guys. Love to talk to you again. Take care. There's Paul Cheers, Cummings. Bye. He's a very Cheers, nice bye. man. And that accent is real, by the way. That's right. <laughs> he's, not just, he's not just putting it on because he's a golf teacher. You know, I... Um, we were talking, Tim and I, yesterday. We had a meeting and talked a little bit about some meditation. And I'm on this, I've been doing this meditation challenge, trying to keep my meditation practice regular. And one of the things that came up recently, and Paul just reminded me of it, is the idea that as human beings, we seem to be hardwired, especially modern humans, we seem to be hardwired to always want to either judge ourselves because we're not good enough. And so because of that judgment, trying to get better. And the meditation was all about just being okay with who you are, where you are, as opposed to like always be like, oh, I wish I were better. And then I wish I was this or I wish I would, you know, better looking or lose weight or whatever. But golfers, golf exacerbates that. It's not like golf created that. Golf just makes it magnified because it's so visceral in the win-lose, pass-go, you know, and pass-fail kind of every shot is a judgment of how I am as a person, you know? Yeah, well, I think it, 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 it exemplifies what George Durrani said. And I, I love this phrase. He says, golf is my spiritual practice. Because so, so how he's showing up in life shows up in his golf game. And I think what happens in golf, like other parts of our life, is I'll be happy when. Right. I'll be happy when I stop slicing. I'll be happy when I go from, say, an 18 handicap to a 12 handicap. And it's never like that. <laughs> it's like, if I get to be a 12 handicap, oh, if I only get to be a nine. Yeah. Perfect story. It was uh, Fred Shoemaker tells the story of of a guy. He, he PJ Tour player, never won a major. And so he gets on the, on the, the Champions Tour. He finally wins his major. You'd think he'd be all happy and every and he you know draw the drapes open every day and no. oh my god this everything is sweet. No, his um, his his wife told him that it was worse now. 
more anxiety that would he be remembered as a one-hit wonder and he's got to win another major and just, the anxiety is worse yeah so so again to come back to your meditation so much of what in, in meditation what we can kind of see is like you know i think i'm okay you know i may i may want to lose a few pounds i may want to do this but you know i'm 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 okay which is, in essence, being in the present moment and practicing acceptance. You know, the language of golf, especially professional golf, is interesting because that example you gave, the uh, announcers last weekend were talking about Kevin Na, and I've got two quick Kevin Na observations. And they were saying, I love Kevin Na. I do, too. Uh, and that what they were saying last weekend when he won for the fifth time, and he is only one of four players to have won in the last four years. He's in pretty heady company, you know? Oh, yeah. And and what they were talking about how he'd won many years ago, and then he didn't win again for 10 years, and he kept wondering if he was ever going to validate. That's mm. what they call it. On the yep. tour, they call it your validation. You win once, it's no big deal. But you win a second time, it validates the first one. And I thought, isn't that odd? Winning one would be, you'd think, amazing, right? But there's always the, I need validation. The other thing about Kevin is I watched him a little bit this week. He's playing in the desert there, uh, Palm Springs. And uh, he's having a pretty shaky first round. You know, I guess it's, a, you know, it's tough. You, you win and you're excited. The hangover. The hangover, right? Yeah. But at one point on the back nine, he got frustrated and he smacked his leg. And the announcer said, oh, yeah, Kev took that one personally. And I thought, isn't that interesting that it's, it's, we take golf shots personally? We talk about it on the show all the time. That's why I get mad is because I'm taking it personally that I couldn't perform this ridiculous you know, shot I was trying to. So what do I do? I get mad at myself. Like that, that just kind of well, made it all kind of make sense. I'm like, that's what I'm doing. That's what we do. I take it personally. But, yeah, it's the judgment. Again, it's right back to your saying about your meditation. And once you start getting to a place of judgment and evaluation, as the Buddhists would say, that's a recipe for suffering. Yeah. You know, that's part of what I, I think I worked on a little bit last summer was detaching myself, Howard, the person from a golf shot that just went awry. And, you know, one of our... You know, tenants here on swing thoughts is about how quickly can you recover? And and yesterday, a perfect example of that. You know, Patrick Reed, who I like, I know other people don't like him. Yeah. But Patrick Reed, I think it was Patrick Reed, double bogey to par five, and then birdied the next three holes in a row. And I thought that's what professionals are so good at doing. Yeah, they're so it, yeah. good at not sure that thing stung. I guarantee it stung. But the way he recovered, and I think it was Patrick Reed. But that's what I thought. Oh, that's something to aspire to because that's really where the juice of golf is. Can you leave your personal animus behind and stop being mad at yourself long enough to hit the next shot? Absolutely. Absolutely. So what about the judgments we make about ourselves when we damage the drywall in our house? Yes, that's the next subject uh, on our program. The reason I'm going to that is that our guests, our our uh, our, our, our guests we've invited, have started to. Uh, well, why not, here, you say yeah, hi. Right. I've got somebody up. Okay. 
All right. Yeah, well, yeah, because folks, we're going to get into, um, given it's winter time, we're going to start to talk about the stuff that happens when you swing a golf club uh, inside your house and how sometimes that can uh, be hazardous to various things like drywall and lamps and whatnot. And so we're going to have a couple of our friends of the show come on in a little bit, and we're going to talk about uh, their experiences with golf clubs and things like that in their house, particularly in winter and how it's happened to me because I've had a, a lot of experience with, with um, golf clubs in my house to the point I got in some serious trouble, or at least I thought I was going to be in serious trouble. Um, so Howard, I was just uh, uh, good folks. Howard was just at his front door and I was starting to talk about how, um, you know, in the wintertime, particularly trying to keep the swing loose, working on something, start swinging the house. And no. there's not as much room <laughs> as there is when you're outside. <laughs> well, uh, and I, so our, 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 our guests are uh, Ronan Quinn is going to join us shortly. Rob Somerville uh, is here now. Rob, why don't you turn on your uh, video or, or get your kids to show you how. <laughs> Rob, hey Rob, how are you? Hey Rob, I'm here. here I'm here. Too, I'm drive. I've... Can you hear me? Yeah, man. Yeah, I. Oh, okay. you... I didn't think my mic was on. <laughs> are you driving? Yeah. Well, I'm parked. Oh, okay. Good. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't shave. I, was... I didn't realize I was going to meet new people. Uh, me neither. So. I, I, that's why I kept the camera on. <laughs> you should turn mine off. You know, during this entire show, Tim, today I've had, I have this uh, thing on Zoom where you hide your self view because I'm so sick of looking at myself and my resting douche hey, face on Zoom. Uh, anyway, Rob, welcome to the show. I understand you're, uh, you're new to Swing Thoughts. I'm at, uh, I'm at, uh, episode 111, I think. I've been, I've been, uh, binging for the yeah. last month. Basically. So it's, it's quite a journey you've been on with us. You heard all about the early days of me melting down. Melted down a lot in the early days, Rob. <laughs> yeah, well, haven't we all? <laughs> oh, yeah. We have all of us. Yeah, that's for sure. Give us some context. Yeah. Uh, what kind of golfer are you? Are you new? To, I, yeah, I know you're new to our show, but what, what, where do you? I've been playing a long time. Uh, yeah, about twenty years, and um, a scratch golfer. I'm at Oakville Golf Club right now. Lars says hello to you too. Love Lars. I get to, I get the honor of playing with him on a weekly basis. I'm uh, very lucky. So, I, and by the way, I love a, that golf course. I've only played it once. And uh, I played with Sean Casey there a few years ago um, because I used to live right down the street from there. It's on um, six right. on six right. line, right? Yes. Timmy, yeah. Timmy yeah, it's a great ever, course. I, uh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, Timmy, have you ever played that course? I have. I love it. It's it's a wonderful little track. Hey, Tim, how you doing? I'm good, man. <laughs> so you're a, you're a good player. Uh, you and you're working with Tim. I understand. Yes. Uh, yes, he is. Uh, yes. And so, what is it? You what? Are, what? Are, what is it you're looking for? Um, I I got into a rabbit hole of uh, swing mechanics the last two winter summers, and I was never that way before. I was a I don't know how you what you call it a field player. I guess I never got into the mechanics. I tried to stay away. Played once a week. Played some tournaments. Uh, played some amateur events in Manitoba and in Ontario. Uh, got out of that, but uh, 
yeah, that swing stuff, I I, I almost killed myself. Mm-hmm. It's 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 brutal because it just ties you in knots. And um, Justin Allen is uh, sort of my nephew, not my blood nephew, but uh, a nephew all the same. And we were playing one day at Oakville, and he said, "You should talk to Tim." And I'm like, "Oh, I can talk to Tim. I, I didn't know I could just you know call him up and talk to him. I thought he was just for the school guys or whatever." And that's how the uh, journey started. And I mean, after the first two, three conversations with Tim, I was texting him going like, yeah, shot 72 today. Yeah, you're a genius. (laughs) Because he just he's bringing me back to, I guess, what I used to do. Right. uh, From the start, but didn't know what I was doing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes there's a phrase about awareness is curative, but some in, in yes. golf, too much awareness awareness mechanically can just, as you say, tie you in knots. Yeah, it's the balance, and it's the balance. And I mean, I, I think for me especially, I I just need to let myself do my thing, and I'm usually okay. It's just when I second guess myself and all oh, my swings not as good as that guy. I mean, I got to play with Justin. The guy hits at three fifty. Like when he misses it, yeah, you know what I mean. And then you then you start getting into that. Like I'm almost like I'm turning fifty this year, so I, I got to relax a bit on the distance and stuff, and just kind of play my game. But you get wrapped up in that stuff, and it and it just puts you into a yeah. Well, it's funny the guy you referenced, you know? um, Lars Melander, is a guy that uh, have we ever, well Tim and I know him for years, but uh, I play a lot of tournament golf. In tournaments with Lars, and a couple of years. I know your. I know your legend. And well, I was going to say a couple years. A couple of years. The reason I mention it is a couple of years ago, I was at a tournament talking to Lars, and and I see where Lars finishes in the tournament, and and consistently where he finishes above me, and I thought, you know, what is it about Lars that I can learn? And the big takeaway for me is that Lars, <clears throat> besides being a great guy, he golfs his ball. He doesn't care how far you hit it or I hit it. He just plays, and it sounds cliche, but he plays his own game. And what his own game is, is getting the ball in play. And mm-hmm. and he does yep. that so, as you know from playing with him, nothing spectacular. Doesn't hit it anywhere as far as you and I do. I played with him a couple months ago, and, and but he just golfs his ball around the course. And I learned a lot from him. And one of the things you can learn is that chasing numbers of, of distance and, and comparing yourself isn't the way to improve, and it's certainly not the way to have any fun. Exactly. And he uh, he actually, I played with him on both sides of the coin, so I'll, I'll try and make this quick. He, um, he was playing not that well one day, and I was playing with him, and I was playing pretty good, and he started talking about his golf swing. Mm-hmm. He goes, i got to get my golf swing longer. i got to get a bigger turn. I... I used to be able to get to parallel. I can't get there. I got to start hitting it further because I was I was hitting it pretty, like I was hitting it pretty free that day. So I was getting some distance, and he inevitably started to, you know, compare himself to that. And I'm like, yeah, because that's apples and oranges, you know. <laughs> um, um, so, so he didn't play well that day. I did, and then we played a week later, and he was four under through six. And and the two guys we were playing with are going, "Will you like four under? You know, one of those." And I, and I looked at I looked at Lars, and we just started laughing. And we walked off the tee, and I said, "Yeah, by the way, I'll never ask you anything like that." So, <laughs> and he and he ended up he ended up playing really well. And right off the, the ninth green, 
I said to him, I go, not thinking too much about your golf swing today, huh? That's right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's just, yeah, that's what happens. It, it happens to everybody. So It does, Rob. That's a great point. Unbelievable. I, all I do is learn from Lars. That's all I try to do. Um, so, so, Tim, do you want to ask Rob his uh, house injury story? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, that's, yeah, well, I love the conversation. Um, yeah, so us golfers, we have, uh, I've done it for, we'll get into some, but Rob, what um, what have you done to your house swinging a golf club? <laughs> this is... I've done many, I've done many things to my house. The story I want to tell you, though, is not in my house. It was in a hotel room. Oh, perfect. About the... 11th floor of I believe what was this is a long time ago the Weston Hotel in Winnipeg at Portage in Maine I think it was the Weston so I the wind was the blowing that day Rob yeah we we had just I was 16 we had just moved to Winnipeg from Montreal so I was a pretty happy camper yeah I guess and um, <laughs> I was messing around there's nothing to do we're waiting for our house to be ready or whatever it was and I was messing around the hotel room um, I had my own room my parents had their room whatever and I was chipping just down the, uh, the alleyway between the beds and the TV. You know what I mean? Just chipping around and stuff like that. And I'm like, okay. And I, then I'm walking over and I'm kind of doing some kind of stupid dance or something. I'm in a goofy mood. I tripped on the golf ball that I just tripped. I chipped. And my wedge went right through the hotel window. <laughs> now, luckily, now, luckily, I held on to the wedge. The wedge didn't go out. But the window completely, it was hard enough <laughs> that it completely, and we're up high. So the glass goes, and I'm 16 years old, I'm going, oh my God, what do I do? What do I do? You know what I mean? And the, and the glass goes falling down to the, and just shatters. And I look out the window because I'm kind of like, I hope I didn't kill anybody. <laughs> Luckily, there was no one there. But as you can imagine, about three minutes later, there's a crowd looking up. <laughs> That's awesome. And I had to tell my mom and my dad, um, yeah, I had a little accident there, and they're like, they're like, what the hell happened? And I made up some crazy story, like, I just didn't want to say I put a golf club through the window. <laughs> and luckily, luckily, nobody got hurt. Uh, I had to change rooms. Yeah, that's uh, a drag. Because it was a little breezy after that. <clears throat> yeah, I guess. But that was uh, <laughs> that was my number. That was the number one story. I and actually, when 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 Tim emailed me, I had forgotten about that story, and it came rushing back to me when he when he said that because I think I repressed that thing so far yes. down. Yes. And it came back, and I started laughing. I go, did I break? I I did break a window, and that was like my first time in Winnipeg. So that's my claim to fame in Winnipeg is I broke a window on like the. That's floor funny, man. Well, that's very <laughs> it good, It all had Rob. to do with golf, like golf. Um, before we let you go, uh, what a pleasure meeting you. So you broke a window with a golf club. That's your golf injury story. What about, um, I mean, I know you must have thousands of these. What's the most, have, well, not bizarre, but, like, have you ever been caught working on your golf swing, like on the way to the bathroom <laughs> at a restaurant or in a hotel? Like in a public place. In a public oh, place. Oh, like yeah. in an elevator oh, yeah. or, you know, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm looking in the window of a department store and I'm checking my grip. Shopping with my girlfriend in a department store. There you go. <laughs> and having looking up and seeing three clerks <laughs> staring at me. What the hell? Because is they've got the do? window in the department store. You can check your swing and, out. Yeah, I've done that. Oh yeah, the mirror, what fitting mirrors, whatever. Fitting yeah. mirrors but, for but sure. Like, oh yeah, that look. Yeah, that looks great on you. Just let me work on my wrist. No, exactly. Here. I've had that happen to me inside a change room where uh, I've been shopping with one of my kids or a girlfriend. <laughs> She's like, "Why are you taking so long? I'm working on my left arm." 
I'm just checking out. <laughs> is it across my chest? I think I got that's my right. Right, I get my right wrist hinged just perfectly. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I don't know if and you know. You also, you also and you also check out the check out how you look swinging too, which is the best. Yeah, for do sure. Do I look good when I'm swinging, or is it? Do I look like Freddy? What, what do I look like? You know. That I don't know if you know if you if you've heard all the episodes. Maybe you, you've heard this story, but when I first moved into this building where I am now. Uh, my daughters were with me part time, and when they one of them moved out, I just had this epiphany to put the mattresses on the wall yeah. and yeah. start. And yeah. not, and by the way, not rubber golf balls or indoor golf balls. I start firing. <laughs> oh yeah, like full swings, and then you can't you can't use foam. It's not the no, same. no. You don't get the same feel. So, and I'm and yeah. it's and I'm thinking this is genius. And then I missed one ball, missed between the two mattresses. And made a mark, but he, and made a mark on the drywall. But here's the part. Here's the part where most mature men and women would go. Oh, I, I shouldn't do this again. My thought was, well, I've done it once, so fuck it, and just start firing. <laughs> just yeah, start why not? firing why, why balls. Not? Yeah, like yeah, why I, not? I should take a picture. I, you know, I did. I, and this is the first year because the one of my daughters took the mattress. So this year I don't have the mattress on the wall. This is the first year in four winters I haven't been firing full swings into the drywall. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I know it's so true. I've done a I've done a painting. I did a living room table that I had to get replaced. That was like five hundred bucks when I was like eighteen. It, it's I, I and my mom would just go like I don't know how many times you got to break stuff <laughs> before you figure out you shouldn't be doing that. You know all that a stuff. lot. And yeah, oh yeah, a lot oh, of yeah. Hey, yeah, like not, uh, ongoing. Yeah, ongoing. Anyways, great meeting Still with going you. Now. Glad you uh, great meeting with you. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll get to hopefully get a chance to play your golf course there sometime. Uh, well, I was just going to add something really quick. I have already challenged Tim, uh, Justin, and myself versus you and Tim anywhere, anytime. Let let us know; it'll be a blast. Yeah. Well, listen. I don't. First of all, it's it's not a competition. <laughs> it's just a demonstration. No wager. Exactly. No wager. Exactly. <laughs> all right, brother. Happy New Year. Hope to see you soon. Hey guys, right. thanks thanks for the podcast, man. It's unbelievable. You guys are doing an incredible job. Thank you so much. Oh, wait a second. If you're going to compliment us, you don't have to go. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know there was going to be. So, I didn't know there was going to be love. All right, get, I should probably get. I should probably get back to work. Yeah, get out of here. I, right, so I'm tired of talking to you kids turning fifty. <laughs> Take care. All right, man. Bye bye. Thanks. You remember when you were turning fifty so many years ago? Uh, I do, I do. I'm yeah. two days away from turning sixty-one. Are you having? Are you, are you having an issue with that? No. Okay, cool. It's, oh, it's just data that you're turning sixty. Just letting you know, I'm going to be sixty-one on Sunday. If you haven't already gotten me something, listen. Don't worry, but you know, there's always time. <laughs> there's there's always time. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let this birthday go by. I can't. I really got to stop looking at myself because it's it's driving me crazy. Uh, speaker view. Where are we at here? Oh yeah, I'm gonna go uh, hide self view. So now I just see you, which is what I. This is what I don't like about Zoom. If you and I were hanging out, I wouldn't be constantly looking at myself, which I find, you know, disheartening. Um, hey, well, I got a little tip for you. Here's a birthday present. Yeah, you can just use that pin thing. Do you know that that little pin thing? How that works? Okay. So in the view, if you go, okay, go to um, go to gallery view, and then put your cursor at the very top right hand corner, and you'll see three dots. Yeah, I'm doing that. Actually, no, put it to mine. 
No, what I've done is I've hide self-view, and then I don't have to see myself. Yeah, no, but then, oh, I guess it's yeah, I don't want to pin. So what I do is I pin whoever it is I want to dump. Not so I always, just, I always pin you. Well, you don't have to, because all you do is if you hide yourself, then you're, right now, I see just you on my screen. And your hair looks great today, by the way. Well, that, whatever hair there is. No, but it does. It looks very distinguished. Okay. Very. Well, you know, I, I gave myself a, a haircut, a self-haircut the other day. Given I can go and get a cut, and I didn't. I did. I know it does look like I uh, cut it with uh, hedge trimmers. But no, no, it looks great. Now you, because you got to see. I decided today because I'm not seeing my girlfriend till later that I wasn't going to have a shower. I'm just going to put the same clothes on that you saw me in yesterday because I figured you wouldn't give a shit. And then I'm gonna I can to- only see you like. I, 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 I can't see below your sternum. I'm, I'm, these are the this, this same sweatshirt I had on yesterday. Same shirt underneath it. I don't care. Same pants I've been wearing for five days. This is COVID silver lining. Hey, is Ronan hey. going to join us or what? I don't know. I think he must be. He told me he was in a, a meeting at That's one fine. stage. So tell you what, how about I proceed with uh, yes. my highlight story yes, please. of damaging my house? So... Um, I'll, I'll, I'll give one quick one and then I'll go a little longer. Yeah. So, remember the George Newton swing trainer thing? You ever remember that? Anyway, it was a uh, it had a molded grip so you could work on your grip. Yeah. And it had about an eighteen inch steel shaft and a weight on the end. And the idea was you could swing this thing to stay nice and loose, you know, through the winter. So my parents gave this to me for Christmas about thirty odd years ago, and so. You know, it's later in the afternoon, and oh, okay, and I'm swinging this thing. And my sister Peggy and I are sitting there, and but I take this back swing, and suddenly, bang! <laughs> oh, shit! I look back, and I've put about a two-inch gouge in the arm of their love seat. Oh, no. And my sister and I look at each other like, oh, my God! And it was like, it was like, I went, <laughs> it was like I'm five years old. I was like, don't tell mom. Um, I'll, I'll get some. I'll get some. Uh, you know, liquid rubber or you know, uh, wood or something, and I'll I'll fill it in. So, so that was my that was my first thing. But the way the, the look that Peggy and I had on each other's faces, like again, it was like five years old, and you've just broken mom's uh, favorite cookie dish. But the other sort of similar story is oh, it was just the same freaking George Newts and swing trainers thingy. Um, so in our first house, we decided we were going to re- redo our kitchen. So we completely gutted it. And I'm preparing it for the contractor to come in. And the only thing that's in our gutted kitchen is our stove, tucked at one end with some plastic on it. And so I'm working away in there, and I go like, oh, there's some room in here. So get my George Susan <laughs> swing trainer. There's some, <laughs> there's away, some room in here. Yeah, I'm swinging away, swinging away, and suddenly, bang! I look back and like, oh, no. I've created about a loony-sized dent in in, <laughs> in just the front part of the, of the Stove. oven. Stove. And with a little chip, and I just go, Oh my God! I'm gonna get shit from Sandy. Oh my God! And like so, for the whole rest of the day, I'm just in this state of anxiety. You know, I'm gonna get majorly crap from my wife for being such a bonehead again. That's funny. Anyway, she comes home from work, and it's kind of like, "Hi, huh? Um, uh, I gotta tell you something that happened today." 
<laughs> so I take her into the kitchen and I show her and I tell her and she just starts laughing. <laughs> you know, and she says something like, you truly are obsessed and crazy and maybe a little bit stupid. So anyways, just the wind up on that story is uh, she told her friend Lori, Lorraine, actually, this story. And so a couple months later, there arrives um, one of those um, cloth thing. Oh, my God. I hate being over 60 and losing words. You know, uh, a hot plate thingy. So you don't get burned, you know, piece of cloth. Okay. It has a graphic on it. it. Has a golf club with like kind of the no bozo. Oh, I see. Right, right, right. The uh, it said no golf clubs in the kitchen. That's funny. So that's my damaging my house story. Actually, that was two. So that's all right. Um, yeah, I should take a picture of my uh, the drywall in this spare bedroom. <clears throat> um, well, in the absence taken of out a lamp, ever taken out a lamp in your house or a light bulb or? Ah, oh, yeah, I've hit a lot of golf balls inside my home. But I, I wanted to get back to something that we were talking about with Paul Cummings that I, I had written down. I'd forgotten. I wanted to mention to you. Okay. You know, there's. Um, I'm not sure where I got this phrase from. It could be Buddha-ish. It could be Buddhism-ish. But it's about the craving, the craving mind. Mm-hmm. You know, I think a lot about that because I have obviously some addiction issues, you know, stop drinking. And so, and I, and I think of there's a, a lot of type A personalities have this kind of craving, but there's something about golf that, that wants us, that is continually having us crave, you know, in that story that, uh, Rob told about Lars craving more distance, um, when we when you tell me about a tip that you're working on, I instantly want to do something because I'm like, well, what if that's the secret? You know, we're exactly. always like, what if what if you've stumbled upon, you know, the the philosopher's stone? You know, what if it's a because we because we never know. Like, we're always pretty sure that the next thing that we hear about might open open it all up. But back to what Paul and and you were sort of talking about and. And I believe this, that, you know, no one has ever taught me as much about golf as that I have learned on my own. Nobody. And I've said that to myself several times out, even with the dog chipping around, you know, I'm like, like, I learned that thing from feeling and doing it, not from hearing it. But yet we still crave like, you know, you'll tell me, hey, I was working on something with my buddy, Mike Mertz. And I'd be like, oh, that sounds interesting, <laughs> you know, exactly, when, yes. it, when it has nothing to do with me. But there's something about the game that really, you know, you know, really ticks that that craving mind of ours. Yeah, absolutely. And I love how you use that phrase. Um, remember, we had Judson Brewer yeah. on like years ago and his book called The Craving Mind I mean, we're right back there because it is, it's an addiction. We're looking for that little spritz of dopamine. You know, it's kind of like, you know, put something on Facebook or Instagram and 10 minutes later, how many likes do I have? Because you know, we're looking for the little spritz of dopamine. Yeah. It's the same with the golf swing. We're looking for, oh, maybe this is the thing that's going to drop the keys <laughs> to nirvana. Exactly. Maybe this is the one. And like, you know, same thing, you know, like just like we were saying at the you know, we've talked about the mental game and awareness and, and like the best stuff we've ever learned is all from our own experience. 
I get Golf Digest, and I may say, I, hey, I like it for the columns. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's right. It's like it's like you know, Playboy. You looked at, at it for like yes, uh, the articles, cartoons. Yeah, the articles. Yeah, um, we'll get letters from this. No, um, no one sends letters anymore. Um, if you do no, want to, by the way, if you do want to correspond with us, you know, maybe that's can be something we can maybe promote a little bit more this year at the end of the show. Absolutely, leave Absolutely. some comments for us. We'd love that. Maybe use Messenger on our Facebook page, or just leave a comment on a post. We don't care. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the more we get, the better it is. And 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 having Rob on is a good example of what we want to do. Yes, I think what Paul said about what he wants to do is is kind of how I feel about our show that we want to. Start involving just I've, I use this regular people like like Rob, you know. Did uh, are you still there? Okay, I think my uh, my internet just cut out. Hang on, I'm gonna have to. Oh, there you are. My internet cut out. Yeah. Oh, it was your internet. Yeah, it was okay. me. It says yeah. my right now it says your internet connection is unstable. Perfect for me. But what I, what I was saying about getting getting regular people on the show like Rob and Ronan and other friends of ours to talk about the game because they've got lots of stuff to add that it, you know we always oh, sort of lean on experts, which is great. But I like those conversations with uh, with people like Rob, especially at the end when he said how great we were. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did. I did have invite him on. Hey, hey, Rob, think about coming on. Would you come on the show? And before you leave, make sure you <laughs> right. something very complimentary about us. Okay? That's great. Yeah, anyone, if you're ever coming on the show, begin with a compliment and end with a compliment. That's all it's we the, care about. It's the cookie method of, of the swing thought guest manual. You use the cookie method of That's right. Compliments. Just wrap it up in a compliment. Um, well, I'll tell you yeah. what. we got to wrap it up because I, uh, I have uh, some stuff getting uh, – I have to get going in a couple minutes. Uh, Tim O'Connor, you can get uh, more from Tim, his blog, and uh, his wisdom, O'ConnorGolf.ca. <clears throat> and, uh, of course, the Humble and Fred Show continues. Uh, one of Canada's uh, most popular, if I may say, comedy Legendary. podcasts. Uh, the most uploaded podcast in Canadian history. So suck it. Um, we'll get together in a couple of weeks. <laughs> what was that? Suck it thing. About I don't know. It. Just fun. Just being. You know. Just having some fun. Just, Is that your competitive side again? Oh, I'm very competitive. It's like you and Rachel and trying to get the meditations up. Oh, that's right. I forgot. That You're story. matching her for in the meditation challenge. Like, oh, I'm like, I'm I'm a minute behind right now. I've got to do some oh. extra. Yeah, I meditated this morning, and then I was waiting to see when she meditated, and she's like a full minute ahead of me. Anyway. You haven't um, cheated yet? You haven't, like, scrolled through Instagram while still compiling No, because then it's no value. Um, I will say I've enjoyed our conversation. I uh, thank you, as always, for your kindness and your support. Thank you. Thank you. As, as we embark on this, finish this second podcast of 2021 yes and post uh he who can't be named era um yeah gives we all have hope i think the markets responded favorably <laughs> what <a> fun, <laughs> okay what a funny way to end it well thank you tim for that stock uh, update <laughs> uh we'll see you next time everyone this is swing thoughts brought to you by taylor made